0: Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 195th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out, so please be sure to go do that. Also, Please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. All right, Blackhawks fans, day two now of the offseason here. And I can't lie, I still have that bitter taste in my mouth. You know the feeling when you're watching other teams play postseason hockey and you're just pissed off and hate seeing anyone do anything good? Well, that that was me last night, watching Montreal put up a fight against Philly to stay alive, Vancouver upsetting St. Louis to go up 3-2 to in the series. Uh, thanks to Tyler Mott's two-goal performance, by the way. Shout-out to Tyler Mott. Yeah, Great, great throw in on the Panarin trade there, Stan. Not like we could, uh, not like we could use another bottom six asset right now or anything. So, there's, there's my mood on this Thursday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I promise I'll, I'll brighten up here for today's episode. And actually, to start off the show, I got some good news to talk about. Something that, kind of got blown over with the Blackhawks Game 5 coming on Tuesday and everything coming with the loss and whatnot, but on Tuesday morning, the Blackhawks signed 21-year-old forward Cam Morrison to a two-year entry-level contract with an average of 925000 per season. Uh, Morrison, he's a former second-round pick, going 40th overall in the 2016 NHL Draft to the Colorado Avalanche. But he chose, or for whatever reason, he did not sign with the Avs on August 15th a couple of days ago, officially making him an unrestricted free agent. Kind of a similar situation that just happened with Blackhawks prospect, or I guess I should say former Blackhawks prospect now. Ryan Shea, who was a four-year defenseman at Northeastern University. He was the captain there this season and had a really good year, but he didn't want to sign his entry-level contract with the Hawks. So on the 15th, he became a free agent as well and then just recently signed a a two-year deal with the division rival Dallas Stars. I think Shea likely didn't want to involve himself in this defensive jumble the Blackhawks already have in their system. Uh, But back to Morrison, yeah, just kind of a similar situation there to get you uh, kind of knowing what's going on. He didn't sign with the Avs for whatever reason, and the Hawks jumped on the former second-round pick, who he spent the last four years playing for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, where he was a teammate of Blackhawks defenseman Dennis Gilbert from 2016 to 2018. So I'm sure the Hawks scouts got a couple of good looks at Morrison in the past while watching Gilbert. Uh, but taking a look at Morrison here, he's a big boy. He's six foot two, 200 pounds, is just a 21 year old. So still some time to put on even more muscle there, and in his four years of collegiate hockey, he was pretty solid. He had four consecutive 20-point seasons, and in total, he scored 95 points in 149 games. His senior season was the best, which you always like to see out of a four-year guy, and on a strong note before turning pro, and Morrison did just that. He led the Irish with 13 goals, and he also had 14 assists for 27 points in 37 games, both the 13 goals and 27 points being career highs. So uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about Morrison's ability to play in front of the net and on the boards, and I've also read that he he's a pretty solid stick handler for his size, which is something the Blackhawks are certainly missing in their lineup right now. Not a lot of uh, players with the combination of skill and size in the Blackhawks' lineup. Morrison also has scored a bunch of big goals in his college career, back-to-back Big Ten championship games he wound up with the game winner, earning himself the nickname Big Game Cam, and you can never have enough of those guys who are always calm and poised in clutch situations, and it sounds like Morrison has earned that nickname in those moments in the past, so that's definitely a plus for the Blackhawks. He was also named to the Big Ten All-Tournament Team and the NCAA Northeast Regional All-Tournament Team as a junior in 2018-19. So he's a proven big-game player, and the hope is that if all goes well in his development, then maybe he can be doing those same things with the Blackhawks down the road. Overall, for a former second-round pick, these numbers for uh, playing in college hockey, they're not great, but I have to admit... I really like Morrison's combination of size and skill. The Hawks, as I said, they don't have a lot of that in their prospect pool or on their NHL roster right now, so a guy like Morrison could really help that forward group with some size somewhere, on, uh, somewhere later on down the road. Look for Morrison to start next season, which will be his first as a professional. Down in Rockford with the Ice Hogs to start working on some adjustments to the speed of the game and whatnot, uh, because I-, I think this guy has some solid bottom six upside to upsides to him. Ah, tongue twister there. I really do. I think he's got some bottom six upside, and the Blackhawks could really use a forward in their prospect pool stepping up and making an impact at the NHL level in the near future. We haven't seen nearly enough of that in the last couple of years. Alright, so I think that will take care of all the news about Blackhawks' Uh, latest signing, 21-year-old Cam Morrison, the former second-round pick of the Colorado Avalanche. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to introduce a new segment here on the podcast called Blackhawks 2020 Postseason Recap, where much like I did before the postseason started, I'll take a look at one player each day and discuss how they fared in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Chicago Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and make sure to tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, RockAuto.com has your back for all the car parts you will ever need in any situation. One more time, check out RockAuto.com for reliably low prices in an amazing selection and make sure to let them know the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. RockAuto.com, an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at Jack Bushman 2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, so we just finished talking about the Blackhawks signing 21-year-old Cam Morrison to a two-year entry-level contract on Tuesday. Now it's time to debut our new Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, starting with one of the two guys who led the Hawks with nine points in these playoffs, the captain Jonathan Taze. So early on in these playoffs, Tays was having his way on offense against the Edmonton Oilers, Game one, right out of the gate, Taze picks up a three-goal game, two goals and one assist, two power play points, one goal and one assist, and that top line of he, Dominic Kubelik, and Brandon Saad were really impressive. They had 10 points combined between them in game one versus Edmonton to lead the Hawks to that big, big, big 6-4 victory to take an early stranglehold on this series. Now, In Game 2, he was held off the score sheet, and the Blackhawks ended up losing that game. The Oilers were able to even up the Series 1 apiece. But in Games 3 and 4, Taze was back on his game, picking up two points in each of those contests, including a huge game winner in Game 3 in the closing seconds, a redirect, kind of a lucky one, off of Ethan Bear. Uh, The shot from Connor Murphy changed direction a couple of times, but two goals... In that game for Taze, including the game winner, two assists in game four, and the Hawks were able to upset the five seeded Oilers three to one in the best of five qualifying round series, thanks to the play of that top line. And Taze himself, he finished with four goals and three assists for seven points in those four games. Just a tremendous showing by our captain, leading by example both on and off the ice. And as usual, Johnny was also solid in the face-off down this series. He's just such a good, complete player. And during the regular season, he was a top-ten guy in the face-off department, so he's always good there. Something that really Blackhawks fans, I don't think, give him enough credit for. He's always consistent there, even against some of the best in the league. And while his offense has kind of been lackluster uh, in the last five years, we've seen him be better the last couple of seasons, but those face-off numbers, they've always been consistent, and I think uh, Johnny, still one of the more complete players in the entire National Hockey League. So, yeah, good to see that he was looking sharp in all facets of the game in that first round series against Edmonton, and we were hoping that the top line would be able to continue to do the same and have success like they did against Edmonton in the first round against the Vegas Golden Knights, and... I wish I could say that, that happened, but uh, sadly, Vegas was able to shut down Tays and that top line in the five games between these two teams. Taze only had two points, one goal, and one assist, and he only had seven shots on goal total in those five games, compared to 12 in the four games versus the Oilers, so not only did Vegas shut down Tays. But they also kept both Kubelik and Sod quiet for the most part, especially at even strength. That trio only had one goal at 5-on-5 five five in the series, and it came in Game 5. Not nearly good enough for the Blackhawks early on to have a chance in the series, and that's why they were down 3 nothing. Taze was also a minus 5 in the series, and I talked about in the episodes before Games 4 and 5 about how the Hawks' top line would have to outplay Vegas's, and they weren't able to do that in those big games either. And it's one of the main reasons why they lost this series so early. Um, Just not able to get anything going offensively against a sound two-way team like Vegas. They're good all over the place. Deep defensively, all four forward lines can do a bit of everything. And then two number one goaltenders, so the Hawks just kind of ran into a freight train as a team and Taves, I'm going to say he needs to do more, but at the same time, Vegas is really good possession-wise, the best team in the NHL during the regular season in shot attempts against per game, and they shut down Taves in that top line, so I got to tip my cap to them. They really did their part in taking Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and those big-name players out of this series, and they were going to make, the depth players and the role players of the Blackhawks beat them. And when that's the case, it's probably not going to go too well for the Chicago Blackhawks. Looking at the face-off percentages, Taze was really good in the qualifying series once, or in the first round series, sorry, once again winning nearly 60% of his draws. And that's one of the only areas where, as a team, the Hawks had success. So that's something they can look at and know they will do well at in the future. Uh, and Taze will always be the one to lead them at the dot as long as he's got the C on his chest. Overall, Taze finished with 9 points in the 9 playoff games, but he didn't show up when it mattered the most in the first-round series. Only one goal, and it came all the way in Game 5. I'm not sure how he expects to win with those poor offensive numbers. So the grade I would have to go with for Jonathan Taze in the playoffs is a B plus. Great overall first series against Edmonton. He was dominant, as was that entire top line. But against the Golden Knights, he went cold on the boys, which was mostly because of Vegas's the way they play. They're just so good in every zone. Uh, but Johnny, he knows he has to do more offensively for this team to have success. And he was also not good possession-wise. He was on the ice for a lot of goals against. So it's hard for me to give Taze an A on his performance this postseason, so that's why I'm going with a B plus. All right, I think that will wrap up our first Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap. Like I said, I will continue to do one of these per day going forward, so be sure to uh, tune into tomorrow's episode to see who will be the second player that I review on this segment. Coming up now in just a moment, I am going to give my thoughts on the Blackhawks situation with head coach Jeremy Colleton heading into the offseason. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey. Or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, so we just wrapped up Jonathan Taze's 2020 postseason recap. Now, I wanted to be sure to quickly give my thoughts on what's going on with Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton. So first, just to be clear, I want to say that if the Hawks do not choose to fire Colleton in the offseason, then I would actually understand that a little bit. Now, I do not like what he did in these playoffs. He kind of threw Adam Boquist and Duncan Keith under the bus in the first-round series in a post-game interview talking about their lack of communication and whatnot, and we heard Keith kind of get a little upset about that. Uh, And we also saw Taze kind of give the coaching staff maybe the cold shoulder a little bit. I don't know, Taze isn't really a guy to do that, but it's definitely a possibility when uh, he was forced to play with John Quenville for 10 minutes in an elimination game. Um, But Colleton, he also just made a ton of boneheaded moves, not using the matchup advantages to his team's favor. As I said, playing John Quenville in these playoffs over Dylan Secura, who was probably more deserving. Not probably, he was more deserving. Really good training camp. Um, and then he Colton also gave Alex Nylander probably too big of a role, in my opinion at least. He also uh, uh, d- did not utilize the power play correctly. There were just a lot of things that Jeremy did wrong. I, I will be honest, he wasn't great. And I'm not going to make excuses here, but he is still a younger head coach, not a lot of NHL experience still, and the roster in front of him was not capable of beating a really good team in the Vegas Golden Knights. They weren't matched up to have success against that team, and to me, that's Stan Bowman's problem first. I think Stan does have to go in the soft season. We need new faces in the front office, a fresh set of eyes looking at things, And while I do think that Stan has done an alright job trading for some depth pieces, some guys like Slater, Cuckoo, Drake Kajula, he's, he's flipped some guys and made the most of those opportunities, but he's completely ruined this team with some of the big-name trades in recent history. Tavo and gone, Artemi Panarin, obviously. There's been a lot of bad trades. The Fleischman and Wee deal giving up Philip Deneau. Tyler Mott's looking really good up in Vancouver right now. We traded Trevor Daly after just like 20 games or whatever, and he goes on and wins back-to-back Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, yeah, I mean, Bowman, he has to be held accountable for those decisions. They have really cost the Blackhawks in the last five or six years or so no real playoff series victories since winning the Cup in 2015. You can't really count the qualifying round against Edmonton because had the regular season been played out as normal, the Hawks would not have made the postseason. So, come on, it's time for someone to go. And in my opinion... It has to be Stan Bowman first. Yeah, you can say, we're changing things in the front office, John McDonough's gone, yada, yada, yada. But let's make the guys who have a real say in the performance on ice. And that starts with Stan Bowman first. I think it would be completely unacceptable for Rocky to let things stay the same and keep both Bowman and Colleton. And I I wouldn't complain if both of them were to go in the offseason. But in my opinion... I think the Hawks will keep Colleton for one more year with this roster and see th- how things go in the 2020-2021 campaign and then kind of reassess things from there. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, August 20th this episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news from all the teams still remaining in the first round of the 2020 postseason. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, You can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.